TheChairShot.com. TheChairShot.com. Always. Always. Use your head. You are now listening to ChairShot Radio. Always use your head. Happy Saturday and January 2nd to all of the good people listening to the rebooted, remastered, restarted attempt at ChairShot Radio, episode 2 in our new daily extravaganza, exploration, whatever fun words you want to use to try to figure out what we're doing here. So this, of course, speaking, is Andrew, don't call me snowflake balls. You know, I do the I do the ratings for matches. Uh, Chris Platt loves to say I do other things if you listen to Pot is War, but that's that's neither here nor there. But uh this, since it's Cherry Shot Radio, butt chug we don't have water to all the time too much. And Chris Platt's not here to bust my balls. So this is just fantastic. Who we have today is the indomitable Ray. Cash, that is. So, Ray, what do you want to say? So we basically just replaced one black guy with another. That's what we're doing. We got backups. That's what we got. <laughs> <laughs> we rolled too deep, baby. What's up? Damn right. This this is my argument when people say, "Oh, you got that one black friend? You think you cool?" Nah, man. I got two. <laughs> what's up? What's up? Now, what's good, man? Uh, day two. Uh, this is this feels to to quote the modern great philosopher known as Lil Wayne. Uh, I mm. feel big, like not in the sense of like weight or, or like like colossal, but I feel big. I thought you were just gonna say a milli, a milli, a milli, a milli, a milli, because you know that that's just great right there. He has much more poignant <laughs> stuff than that, sir. Okay. <laughs> just I, saying. I suppose, I suppose. The man is a ghetto poet on the levels of Rafael de la Ghetto. If you catch <laughs> that reference, if you catch that reference, you're all right with me. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! Uh, I try to throw one out every now and then. No, that that's good. I like that one. So, since it's 2021, it's oh, Chair God. Shot Radio all over again. <sighs> what are you looking forward to with all of this? Uh, this new hope. Not not to paraphrase Star Wars or anything, but like with how bad 2020 was, we do kind of have a new hope here. So. I don't really think any old guys are going to be showing up with trash cans with messages and giving us swords, but like, what what, what we got to work with this this year? Depends on what neighborhood you're in, sir. Because <laughs> I've swords seen some in my neighborhood. Like, guns, oh, maybe. Guns, oh, maybe. And then, well, you always yeah, got to watch out for the old guy, because he's quiet, and you think you can roll him, but no, nah, he knows some shit. He's got something. Bad money of a dude walked in the middle of the street in the hood with the Claymore. Bad money, nobody messed with him. Just say, you don't mess with the crazy dude with the sword. I mean that that's the good thing about being the crazy white guy in the area too. Because if you walk out with like no pants on and you're just a crazy white guy in the hood, then you just like be like, all right, you you fucking weird. Like we're just gonna leave you alone. <laughs> and you're in Florida too? Yeah, I don't, yeah, I do not want any smoke. None, zero. Um, combination is great. <laughs> But no, so what I'm looking forward to, if I could be morbid for a minute, I'm looking forward to people thinking 2021 is going to be better than 2020 
and then a week from now realizing, no, it's the same thing. I agree with you completely. And I, I was having this conversation a little bit ago, see, look, checking through Facebook and Twitter. 2020 is the worst year ever. 2021's got... They say that about every fucking year. Like 2018, I think we had a bunch of celebrity deaths that were like bang, bang, bang. And it was like, oh no, this is terrible. This is the worst year. They're killing everybody off. 2019's got to be better. All right. <laughs> When are you going to learn every year can't be the worst fucking year? At some point, you just got to suck it up and fucking figure it out. <laughs> That's facts. That's facts. But to their credit, life hasn't stopped and changed as we know it every other year, like 2020. So that's, I think we have a real case in the top five or top ten of worst years of, of this generation. Like, literally, life has changed as we yeah. have known it to be. I love the fact that you put of this generation because, you know, when we're all old as fuck, even though we're kind of old now, but old as fuck, we're talking like 50, 60, something like that. And we're mm -hmm. talking to kids and grandkids and we're like, oh, yeah, the, the, the great pandemic of 2020. Well, what did you do? Man, I stayed at home, played PS4. <laughs> I, I beat my high Call of Duty score. I've recorded a lot of podcasts. I watched yeah. a lot of wrestling. It was rough. We had to stay inside so long and order from Uber Eats and Grubhub. Dude, the struggle was real. No. No, come on. Like, yeah. I, I understand of this generation. Sure, it was something that was a little unprecedented. But in the grand scheme of things, what did it make people do? Stay home more. What What did people not do? Stay home more. Which is why <laughs> this lasted as long as it has. Because people wouldn't fucking just sit on their ass and watch TV. So it's like, when that when that is the big key of wash your hands, wash your balls, and sit on your couch, how hard is that really to do? It's very hard because we clearly weren't doing that before. <laughs> Damn it! I was hoping you'd play a little more in that space. Oh my bad. Instead my bad. of just be like, obviously it's hard because people we live where we live with are mongoloids. <laughs> rewind. Rewind. Ask me again. Ask me again. I'm ready for you. Ask me again. So exactly, how hard is that when you just gotta wash your hands, wash your balls, and sit on the couch and watch TV? Andrew, I am flabbergasted. I have no <laughs> earthly idea. Did I do it right that time? No, I, I like that one better, because that, that continues the sarcasm and the condescension that I was kind of building up with. I appreciate that. <laughs> I can read the room. I can read the room when it's being told to me. I got you. <laughs> I see. So you, uh, you have a subscription to Audible, then. You like your books on tape. On tape. <laughs> I just need to hear them. Give me a cue, and I'm with you. <laughs> oh, that's fucking fantastic. But yeah, I mean, not not okay. I'm I've been downplaying it, but it has been serious for some people. It hasn't exactly been easy. There's been sickness. There's been a lot of just dealing with the new normal. But come on, people. Like Facebook, Twitter, Netflix. Like they they've all kind of gone above and beyond of just amusing you for the not last just that. twelve months. The Last Dance, all the WWE and wrestling content we've had. There's been a lot that's happened, but I but I, I will say, as a guy who, number one, has illnesses that would be affected by the COVID, mm -hmm. number two, as a guy who takes care of people who have illnesses and, and are in that target group who are affected by COVID, and number three, as a dude who deals with, from time to time, mental health issues, there is a... a a nice subset of people in the country who, and it may not be as big as it's made out to be in the media, but we know this, sensationalism is the key. Mm -hmm. uh, but there is a, a significant group of people 
who really were affected. And now me, I'm 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 lucky and I'm a religious guy. I'm blessed. I work from home. I still was getting paid. I've worked all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I mean? I have I'm already naturally a recluse, so like being at home didn't 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 bother me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like I don't want to say I thrive, but I was built for this. There's a lot of people that weren't. So like it isn't as bad as I think the world wants you to believe it, but it's a lot worse than people who don't believe in this shit are letting off. It's somewhere in the middle. Oh, I, I agree. It's somewhere in the middle. That that's the only reason why I wanted to take it down a step from the the funny beginning just because like i realized that it affected some people deeper than others and you know everybody's got their own issues granted you could say about every year everybody's got their own shit if you're diabetic or if you've got any kind of kind of chronic like uh immunodeficiency or anything like that it's going to be a rough year sometimes just because there's more pollen in the air so like i live in houston you know how many times i've lost a house in a flood like oh there we go there we go so I get it. I do. And it, it's interesting. 2020 is over. 2021. We're on day two, episode two. So electric boogaloo. And uh, since we talked about some of the things that Netflix was giving us and wrestling, because that was a wonderful ad by Mr. Ray Cash, Thank I you, guess let's, let, let's hit a commercial real quick. And then we can talk about a couple things that wrestling is giving us and Netflix as well. Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Hey folks, PC Tony here. Thanks to our new partnership with Angry Lemonade, you can save 10% on physical products and digital commissions using the promo code CHAIRSHOT. Head to angrylemonade.net to check out their amazing catalog of products and services. Use the promo code CHAIRSHOT to save 10%. That's angrylemonade.net. Are you looking for the newest and hottest in the world of pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 6,000 hours of the best events from over 150 of your favorite promotions from 20 different countries around the globe. Brands like Progress Wrestling, Evolve Wrestling, Combat Zone, Defy, PCW Ultra, PWX, Over the Top, Shine, and hundreds of others with fresh content added every day for only $5.99 per month. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Go to powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Get your free month. Again, that's powerslam.tv, promo code chairshot. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Can, can I make a joke real quick? Of course. Every time I hear that Power Slam TV commercial, I feel like the heel who's beating up Hogan and he hits you with the you. <laughs> Let me tell you what you're missing. Oh. <laughs> I just, just I start just, stomping I, around the ring. You know what I'm saying? I'm just ready. To, I'm ready to punch him and hit the and hit the fake clothesline. Get the big boot. Be out of there. I'm ready. There we go. There we yeah. go. So I just needed to let y'all know. Maybe it's just me. No, no, I appreciate that because I agree. Like it, it does start off a little abrupt with that point finger, and I, I love that. That that visual is fantastic. So, speaking of other things that we know are fantastic and yes. are visual, um, you told me before the show that I must have missed some Twitter information because I thought season three of Cobra Kai was coming out next week and apparently they decided to give it to us as a New Year's gift and you've been working your way through that a little bit. So 
without giving away too much, how about we just surmise the first two seasons and kind of what got us into season three, and then my ass is going to be going to start watching it after we're done recording this. <laughs> okay, so if I can kind of put the first two seasons in a nutshell, I think it's a beautiful retelling of the Karate Kid story. Karate Kid mm-hmm. was very clearly Daniel LaRusso's story with Mr. Yes. Miyagi. Well, Pat Morita is past, rest in peace. So you can't kind of run that. So now uh, LaRusso and the main kid from Cobra Kai, which was the antagonist of the show, of the movies, of well, the first movie, Johnny Lawrence, are grown now. And this is seen from the eyes of Johnny Lawrence. He, of course, washed out and never got over his high school years and being the man and then getting kicked in the face with a crane kick by a guy who can't stand on one leg. Uh, those the, the pertinent information, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, sadly. That's the funny part because I keep going back to that. So, I, as I give the details, I just want to point out that I think this is a beautiful look at not being able to let things go and being stuck in your ways and being stuck in a time frame. Like, I like to break down movies and TV shows into the core tenets, and that's the core tenet of this entire series, is these guys are stuck based on two years of their life. This is 30 years later. You know what I mean? It's also one of those funny things that you can look at that you know how everybody, when you get a new job, or everybody that works any kind of desk job or office job or just job where you work with more than just yourself, everybody always says high school never ends. And you just got different players. Well, well this, for Johnny Lawrence, this is, it never ended. <laughs> but this is high school never ends, and you're always bumping into the dude that you hated that kind of fucked up your whole high school career. And I love the fact that the first two seasons are kind of a, a subversion of the the Karate Kid first three movies because you get the new Danny is Cobra Kai and the new Johnny is Miyagi-Do and it's it's interesting to kind of watch both of their stories play out if they were raised a little rougher and you get to see all of the callbacks to different uh, yep. different scenes from the first two movies with, you know, Danny doing the Miyagi thing of jumping down and trying to help, you know, the, the kid fend off the bullies and all this, mm-hmm. the wax on, the wax off jokes. The crane kick joke is fantastic because that comes up so much for the first two seasons. And Johnny Lawrence's reaction is the best where he's like, it was an illegal kick. Like, he's just like, you beat me with an illegal kick. I don't care. <laughs> 30 years later, baby. Remember that damn illegal kick. It's, it's just like wrestling that we follow where people were just like, no, no, bullshit, Hulk Hogan's. You beat me illegal. My foot was on the rope kind of thing. It's like, all right, all right. Speaking of wrestling nomenclature, they end up having to be strange bedfellows quite often in the story. Um, and you kind of start to see, and it's really, uh, it's really evident in, when you get to season three that they're just two sides of the same coin. And they start to see that more and more because both of them start their respective dojos. And if you know anything about the old Cobra Kai, like, they was assholes. And they start off that way with Johnny Lawrence, and then he he realizes, nah, you you need to kind of be right, and then things run afoul, and hijinks ensue, and it is worth... I When it was on YouTube, Red, I was like, eh... It is cool, and you know they were doing the the night show circuit, and it, yeah, it's cool. But I ain't ever watched the shit. 
I watched it on YouTube, not on YouTube, but when it finally got on Netflix, and I, I was so mad at myself for missing it when it came out. And now, I've been up, I've, you know, yesterday I was up at 5 in the morning finishing it. So, it is fantastic. I catch up on season 3. You know we have a show that I'm a part of, by the way, if I may plug myself. Mm-hmm. The Bandwagon Nerd Show, at Bandwagon Nerds. Uh, shout out to Patrick O'Dowd. Shout out to the Attitude of Aggression, Dave Ungar. And, you know, he's always lurking, but the live audience, PC Tunney. Uh, but yeah, we'll probably talk about Cobra Kai in the next week or two, I'm sure. Uh, so we can go in more in depth of season three, but that'll give you time, Andrew, to catch up on it. That will, because like, I'm definitely going to be doing that after we hang up, because I thought I had a few more days before I had to catch up, and now uh, now I'm going to be seeing what's going to go on with Crease and Johnny and Danny. And, uh, and, and if season Miko's three mom goes into his backstory. Crease's back oh. backstory? Reese's backstory is really explained in season three, and um, let's let me just give you a kind of end on the cliffhanger here. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people from Johnny and Daniel's past come back to the valley. Ooh, was it the one that sent him the Facebook message request after he threw the phone into the the sand? I think it's time for a commercial. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. <sighs> yeah, I got cut off with a commercial. That was perfect, though, Ray. That was a perfect call. So, speaking of perfect calls, because we've got two days until a big event, and it seems apropos to go from Karate Kid to something else Asian-influenced, Wrestle Kingdom. And let, let's give a quick and dirty preview of kind of what interests us because I feel like there's another show that we're both going to be doing that's going to talk about that more deeply. Do you know anything about that, Ray? No, and if, if it is, it's probably a, like a shitty-ass show, so no. Oh, you're probably right. You're probably right. I mean, they're, they're probably named after something like like an old Attitude Era move or just like some, something overrated. I don't know. I don't know, man. Hey, watch they, your mouth, Mr. Belass. Oh, 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 shit. Oh, watch shit. your mouth. What are we talking about? You can trash you can trash the show, <laughs> but don't trash the outsider, sir. <laughs> I mean, that's why I say Damien Priest would love everything about it, because, you know, he's, he thinks he's every member of the clique, depending on the day. So. <laughs> and for the record, that that includes Waltman, for the record. That includes, I mean, that includes Pac. We've all we've all seen his ROH run. We know it includes Waltman, buddy. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. we're not talking NXT right now. We, or no. we should be. It's supposed to be Wrestle Kingdom. A quick and dirty preview because Ray was so gracious to invite me onto the Outsider's Edge for Sunday tomorrow, and um, I guess we'll go into it deeper then. But for right now, real quick, what's got your interest? Ray the most because I, I feel like we might be a little a little different here well first and foremost can I say that I'm disappointed that the kind of gravitas that normally comes around this time for Wrestle Kingdom is really low and if you look at the cards I'm sh- anything New Japan from an in-ring perspective is always going to be good to great but like the cards don't really seem interesting outside of the top so clearly, you know, I'm interested. I'm an, I am a Naito stan, and I also serve at the pleasure and the deference of the Switchblade and the Tongans. Um, so I am interested in the uh, the championship 
double dash. I know it's not that again this year, but Naito and Nabushi night one and Naito whoever wins mm-hmm. that match versus Switchblade and night two. That really has my interest. But what I think the best match of the entire weekend, and I think a match that's important to the future growth of New Japan is gonna be Okada versus Osprey. Because they desperately need new top stars. And as much as Osprey is an asshole of a person, he is dynamite in that ring when he gives a shit. So, like, this could be huge. You saw what putting uh, Jay White in the dome with Tanahashi two years ago did for him. Yep. So, like, this could be that for Osprey. So, I think, the, and then Osprey got his own stable too, right? So, Great Khan is fighting Tanahashi. Right? Like, who is this dude? I've never heard of him before. Uh, you've never heard of the Great Okan? I mean, you know, since he came back, since he came from Excursion, yes, but before Excursion, he was a young boy. I don't know the, doc, I don't know the guy. Who is he? In England, he had a bit of an undefeated streak in Rev Pro. Like, he, he was mowing through people, and that's kind of where he developed the gimmick and where he kind of kept it and they brought him in during those heavily panned uh u.s new beginning tours that didn't really have any great japanese talent because i think there were like visa issues and that was right before covid or like right around the whole reason why they couldn't get any of the bigger people in so it was like david finley juice robinson and great okarn was involved too so yeah i mean he, he's, a, he's a good hand he, he definitely has like the killer con kind of vibes from back in the day and he, he's a good look he's a de- different look and he's a power guy so you, you gotta love what they're doing there and you have to assume Tanahashi's gonna put him over and it's for a similar reason that you brought up is that they need new top talent and Tanahashi last year or so has definitely proven he's not really top talent anymore he's still a big name to get over but he's not so much of a hurdle as he used to be I agree with you that Okada Osprey is probably going to be like match of the weekend unless Naito Ibushi winner and Jay White like really ends up stealing the show somehow but you also got to look at Evil and Sonata get their big grudge match to get their, their their lovers quarrel to a degree or like what like the, the brothers kind of finally fight and that that's going to be a big one because it's going to kind of prove if Sonata stays in the lurch and if he loses because of bullshit and maybe there's a turn coming for Sonata, maybe not, but either way, that's going to be interesting. But my favorite thing to come from all of this run was honestly Juice Robinson not being able to make Wrestle Kingdom. Oh, so, such a hater. No, 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 it's not a hater thing. <laughs> and here's the, here's the reason, and I have a perfect way to, to verbalize it. Juice is like the gatekeeper of the U.S. title, and I'm sick of seeing him in that position. Because his G1 run, and when he came back, he was hot as hell. And all the people still love him. And he changed up his gimmick. He changed up his look a little bit to the Blues Brother thing. And people love it. He looks more serious. But they're still making him, like, barely mid-card gatekeeper. With him out, I hope he can find a way to elevate himself beyond that. And this this gives us something that we're not really like to see. Because... Kenta and Satoshi Kojima haven't really crossed paths too much. Oh and God. God. I, I, no, I, you don't have, you have oh, okay. to stop, but like I throw I throw up in my mouth at the at the, no, it's no offense to Kojima, dog, but like he don't deserve this match with Kenta, bro. 
I, it is like Kojima is like one of a handful of people to hold two of the three major belts in Japanese wrestling. He's held yes. Triple Crown. He's yes. held the IWGP. He's yes. challenged Noah. He just hasn't, but he's also held MLW's championship. Yes. He still goes at a fairly decent clip. His big problem, I guess, from a Western perspective, and you could tell me if this is close or if you have a different issue, is he's very corny and very old-school Japanese in what he does and his his way of rallying the crew, uh, the, the, the crowd and the group and stuff like that. And it's not flashy, and it comes off more as corny. But oh, he can yeah. still go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, everybody can go. The New Japan dads can still go. So, like, I'm, I got you, but, like, I'm just... I'm bread club number one. And... I, I still think Moxley is in Japan. I think he is gonna make a surprise visit, and to to he, he owes Kenta a receipt, if if you will. Um, yeah. I just, I just it the I lost the interest. Who was Kenta supposed to fight before? Before think he got juice. hurt. Was, okay, right. <laughs> Speaking of Juice, I'm so hot and cold on Juice because I think he's one of the most charismatic dudes in all of wrestling. Mm-hmm. But I I can't tell you one Juice Robinson match I've enjoyed. Since he's been in, in New Japan, I can't. T- Tanahashi uh, New Japan Cup match from not le- not 2020, but 2019. I'm gonna be honest with you. These tur- all those tournament matches, all three of them, the Super Juniors, New Japan, and G1, they all run in my mind together. I can't separate them because there it's so many at such a small amount of time. So maybe that's a me thing, and I'll I'll admit that. But I'm just I just, I think Juice is. Tremendously mediocre. Okay, so who would you have put Kenta against then for the briefcase? Moxley. Moxley. That's the only thing that matters. You can't pick Moxley. Like, let's just take him out of the equation because he's not in Japan and AEW's not letting him do it. So the fact that Kenta has defended that briefcase more than Moxley's probably seen what that title looks like in the last two years. I mean. Kenta is effectively the true IWGP US champion because yes. of the amount of work he's done with that briefcase. So if you had to give him another briefcase match, not an actual yes. title match, yes, who would you throw up against him? That's and in that upper mid-card, lower main event can still go and make a good case and don't say Ishii because everybody says Ishii. No, and, and, and Ishii <laughs> deserves more respect, but no, I wasn't going to say him. Um, and I can pick anybody, regardless yeah. of affiliation, regardless of uh, story, right? Correct. I'll, I'll say that, yes. Because Bullet Club doesn't Suzuki. mind fighting each other, so why not? Suzuki? Suzuki or Saber? Hold on. So, I'm, I'm sorry. Saber, uh, the the techers are defending the title, so not Saber. But Suzuki, why not? Suzuki has to want it. Story-wise, story-wise, just kayfabe. Suzuki seems like he has his eye on certain things, and that's when he decides to be more malicious. He doesn't really give a fuck about the U.S. briefcase at the moment. It feels. So I agree that Suzuki would be a better match, and he's probably going to end up being in that Rambo thing that they do, that Riot Run Rumble, whatever the hell that is, to decide the uh, 2021 King of Pro Wrestling. So... Hopefully that's less of a joke and a little more serious because they I have something. I think they're going to take it serious. Yeah, I think they're going to take it serious. So. You've seen battle royales in, in Japan. They, they're they usually mostly comedy. You're right, but I also know that the whole King of Pro Wrestling thing started between Yano and Okada as the final. 
So like, they feel like they care about it at least. I mean, at least at least it's gonna. The very first Andre Battle Royal wasn't a joke. The rest of them were, but the first one wasn't. At least let it be closer to the first one. I hope you're right. Because I think it's going to be a mixture of things. I feel like there's going to be a comedy guy. There's going to be a legit guy. That's probably where Suzuki's going to be at. Suzuki's probably going to make Final Four, so day two he can have the four-way for the, the trophy. And that that's kind of where we're going to go with it. So it's going to be a, a clash of styles for comedy reasons. You know, and I don't know. But Suzuki would be a better match. But I don't know. I think, I think Kojima gets a little lost in the sauce because he's not that flashy. And his style sure. is a little corny and old school but again not many people have the resume that Kojima has not many people say they have two out of three of the major titles in Japan I mean the first one that comes to mind that's trying to fix that you know in about a month and a half is Keiji Muto so technically if you look at resume Kojima's resume is close to the same as Muto if you really want to look at what they've won yes look I'm not I, I, I can never dispute resume with with you because you are much more apt and knowledgeable but as as a casual to semi regular fan of New Japan mm-hmm. I, it was just a massive groan because all you see Kojima in is those initial tag matches are getting beat like I know he can go and I know what his resume is but like I, and and yeah like guys like him and Yano they do they do wonders for the Japanese audience and people that like them they drive me crazy. Like I appreciate comedy, but that is just the most. That, like it just, it just. I I roll my eyes so heavy and like I I. The only reason I watched Yano matches for about a year and a half was because he was tagging with Ishii. Other than that, like I don't, I can't stand that guy. And I know he can probably shoot better and better and harder than ninety percent of that roster. I do not like that guy. Okay. And Kojima isn't as bad as Yano, but it like it doesn't do, it just doesn't do anything for me. No, Kojima's like dad puns. He's not comedy, but yeah, yeah I, I get what you're saying. Kojima feels to me like Nagata felt to Shibata a couple okay. of years ago when Nagata okay. beat Shibata for the Never. It was it was short lived, but it was something that Shibata had to get past because he wrote him off as one of the old guard, and this is his title and it's his style and yada yada yada. And Nagata still managed to catch him for a couple weeks and then Shibata got it back I, I feel like this could be something similar where Kenta's had such a long run with the, the briefcase Kojima might take it off of him just to drop it at Castle Attack or the uh, the New Beginning Tour whatever they end up really doing well I, I truly I truly think and th- this is my dumb western brain because I know Gato doesn't doesn't always book western like he has recently in the past couple years but that's not what he normally does but I feel like the move is, and they're fighting on night one, right? Yes. But like the move is, if Moxley is there, let Kenta get a strong win over Kojima. Let him be surprised a bit. Let Kojima handle business, but Kenta go ahead and hit the PK and handle his, and do, do his thing. Moxley comes out and says, "You were looking for me. What's up on tomorrow night?" And let Moxley drop it. That's big. I, I, I like that because I'm kind of sick of seeing Moxley with the title but not doing anything with it because he can't because of travel restrictions. I'm not saying he's choosing not to. Just Sure. It's, and there's got, it's shitty. There's, there's got, and there's got to be a reason he wasn't at Brody's uh, memorial. True. True. Right? I didn't, I didn't even think about that one. 
aside from the fact that they could always just write it off as well, you know, Renee's pregnant and maybe they're just doing family things so he decided to uh, stick with the fam or couldn't make it out or whatever. I would rock with that if they didn't advertise him on the very same show for next week. No, 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 I, I get what you're saying. So that that's good. That that's I didn't oh. even think about that because I kind of tuned in off and on to the Brody thing just to see what they were doing because not a fan of the AEW product. I appreciate what they did. They did it well. They paid homage really well and they honored the memory. But the product is still the product. So I was not a huge fan of that. <laughs> can can I shout out one more thing and then I oh. know because we're gonna actually break this down in depth on the edge, uh, but. Uh, to to quote my boy Big E, big meaty men slapping meat, Shingo and Jeff Cobb. <sighs> I really, really hope that's a Shingo match and not a Jeff Cobb match. I agree. Cobb, Cobb has his moments where he takes days off, and Shingo never really does. But he knows how to slow it down if his opponent can't keep up. And uh, Shing- Shingo, that could be that could be special because I'm a big Shingo fan here. But I just I hope Jeff Cobb is being fucking serious and he doesn't half-ass it. It's still funny to me. They tried for a year, a little over a year, to pretend to us that Shingo Tagaki is a junior. What are you doing? <laughs> Shingo was, was a junior, but in, but that I was his gimmick you. in Dragon Gate, though, because I've he was always you. he was a professional bodybuilder, but they always thought he was small because he's like five nine. So like he looks small. So he he hits like a truck, but he's he's like he's like a Mini Cooper pickup truck. <laughs> you know what I mean? But but at the but at the same time, Trent Beretta was a heavyweight. So it's like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, that there's there's a there's a I guess a, a little bit of cave. Fabe there. There's there's blurry lines. It's fine. It it's fine. But I think it also helped to build him up from being so dominant in the juniors to then coming in as the force he is now. So it helped to educate New Japan fans that didn't really care about Dragon Gate. And it it did a good job. So Great. since you already said it, I think I said it once or twice because we were just joshing. Just just a little ribbon about the name, not not trying to be nasty because you put on a fucking good show and I'm very very honored to be invited on hope this might be the last time but just saying <laughs> but so outside, outsiders out, depending on depending on how you take the the little bit of rundown with the with the edge like I, I hope I get an invite back at some other point but who knows but hey, either way hey, if, if Platt's if Platt's been on multiple times you'll be on multiple times so don't okay, worry that's about a, it that's a fair point never mind alright you win there but, <laughs> so listen to the edge tomorrow on the chair shot at 11 a.m. and also listen to episode three of chair shot radio which is going to have mr patrick o'dowd and big dave previewing nhl nhl hockey conference by conference i don't exactly know which conference they're starting with but either way you're going to get two weeks of nhl action nhl preview on their day on chair shot radio so, Ray, how about you let the people know where they can find you aside from Outsider's Edge? I mean, like, social media stuff. Stupid question for the record for uh, Patrick and for uh, Dave for tomorrow. 
Why isn't it just the American Conference and the Canadian Conference? Because that's they're damn near split in half. You can find me at It's Ray Cash, R E Y is in Mysterio, C A S H as in dollars. And that's two times I've left Mr. Blast Speechless. Well, that's mainly because I was counting in my head. Because I think there's only like six <laughs> Canadian hockey teams. And I was going through them like Calgary, Vancouver, Toronto, Winnipeg, the, the, yeah, the, the Montreal, that's five. I might have overcounted because Quebec's not a team anymore. Plus, Don't I think forget it's the, the Newfoundland natives. Oh, the, the Newfoundland natives, the, yes. The, the Letter Kenny the, Irish. Because, yes, you know, anybody the, who, listens, who watches Letter Kenny is going to get that joke. <laughs> the Yellow Knife Yakimus. Yeah, oh, you guys yeah. got some more teams. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess the Alaskan team might still be on the Canada side of that somehow. Like, I don't know, it's just Border Patrol right now. But. Uh oh. Uh oh. We're getting literally getting roped up like doggies. <laughs> we're getting the we're getting the lasso and everything. All right. So before the lasso comes around my neck, you can find me on the social media at IWC War Chief and on an assortment of different shows on the Chairshot. dot com. And uh, you know, covering shows. Definitely going to be covering Wrestle Kingdom. And I guess we should probably start heading out because you know it's time to hit the old dusty trail. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.